This week on Paladin Financial Talk, we're going to talk about getting an estate plan in place. This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello and welcome to Paladin Financial Talk. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial. Thank you for joining us this week. We've got a great show lined up and we're on the other side of Thanksgiving and looking forward to the rest of the holiday season here. And we have a a vaccine potentially coming down the road for us. So that's exciting. Um, And today on our show, we're going to talk about getting an estate plan in place, which is a topic that uh, we often discuss with our clients. And uh, I tell folks that you've hired a professional nag when we work with us to a degree. Uh, But we want to make sure that you have a good plan in place. If you don't have an estate plan, you have the government's estate plan. And for most people, that's not the best situation. So we have a special guest on our show here today, an estate planning attorney, Mr. Matt McClenahan with Orchard Law. And uh, I've known Matt for a couple years now, and we actually met, we were both hosting uh, seminars that we were doing on our respective uh, fields of topic uh, at, at a same, same place, bumped into each other, struck up a conversation, and uh, it's been a great relationship. He's, him and his firm have helped out a number of our clients in getting their estate plan in place. So we're very excited to have him on the show. And uh, a little bit about Matt and his firm. Uh, it's, his firm is four people and they're in the uh, Rosedale area. If you're familiar here in Minneapolis, the Rosedale Mall, just a little bit south of that, there are these uh, towers that poke up into the sky and that's where their their office is located. So Matt, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Very good. And we were just discussing Thanksgiving here and a little bit of a different year for everyone, but sounds like your, your family was uh, able to enjoy some turkey at home at least. It, we did. We have a, uh, uh, I've got a small immediate family and this was a stay at home Thanksgiving for once this year due to the, the COVID pandemic. Yes. Yes. And, uh, looks how like about the, you? how was yours? Very good. Very good. We had uh, kind of a unique one where our family went in two different directions. Uh, is my, my parents are moving up here to Minnesota, which we're very excited about. So I was down in Kansas with our son, uh, packing boxes and all that kind of fun stuff. And, uh, Nikki and Lex were up here in, in Minneapolis hanging out. So very different year for everyone. That's for sure. Oh, terrific. I'm sure your parents appreciated the help. Are you still sore? From all you know, I, I bounced back. Okay. I was kind of surprised myself. Yeah. We'll <laughs> see what tomorrow brings though. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, we've got a great show. We're going to talk about estate planning. And uh, again, this is an area that most people continue to put this off. It's not something that people enjoy. Uh, Most people don't enjoy, except for yourself, perhaps, Matt, but most people don't enjoy talking about and dealing with. So we're excited to, to discuss some things here today that hopefully will empower people to 
take a step forward if you don't have an estate plan or you're missing some things that you you get that solved. And I wanted to start off and 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 Matt, if you would explain a little bit about what you and your firm do in terms of estate planning and and how you might be able to help out people that are listening. Sure. Well, generally what I would describe as far as what we do is is we help people uh, in the most basic sense. Uh, what we do specifically is we ensure that a person or a couple's affairs are ordered, are prepared, and are ready should there be something that happens to them. Whether it's incapacity, sometimes that's temporary. We hear a lot about uh, that right now. Sometimes it's permanent disability, um, but also prepared in the event of their death. This always involves naming a person or people to have access and authority to act in their place when one of these events happens. Uh, it means minimizing or often altogether avoiding the need for court process and procedures, uh, minimizing taxes and expenses, and determining generally how assets are distributed distributed in the event of a, a person's death. So taken together, that's called an estate plan, or we call it estate planning. But that term is often associated with very large estates when it's really something that's important for everybody, uh, even those who, who feel they have little to pass on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, kind of tying in with that one, that's reminds me, one of the things that I often hear from folks is, well, I, I don't have much, so there's no point bothering in this uh, with this, or we don't have kids. So who cares? What would you say to someone in, in that situation? Why would you quote unquote bother with having an estate plan? If you either, you don't have heirs you want to pass things on to, or you don't have much in terms of of assets, which is a relative term, but uh, how, how would you address that? Well, and I think that it, for, for those people, yes, their, their estate plans are going to be less complicated, less complex, and less costly, but what they're taking care of is every bit as important as, you know, the, these large estates, if you're a, a Polad or a Rockefeller or something, you know, those, those plans are very broad because it's all about trying to minimize taxes. Um, for most people, it's important because even if you don't have kids or, or you uh, don't even have uh, a spouse, uh, you really have to ask yourself what's going to happen in those circumstances, and having a plan for that becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, if you don't, don't have anything in place, you're kind of at the whim of, uh, you know, those around you in hospitals or... Uh, the court in, in dealing with your situation. Is that a fair statement? Well, I, I think part of the problem is that uh, without having made a plan and without having what I often call, uh, you know, trigger people, people who know it's their, their job because you've had this discussion with them in advance, if you don't have that, uh, too often I think we see with that type of a circumstance, we see everybody uh, on the sidelines. Trigger people, um, I, I, that, that it's like an action movie there. Trigger yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of like the fall guy or, or um, uh, somebody who just, who's, who's a, a man or woman of action if something is to happen to you, whether they learn about you being incapacitated or deceased. So um, we have had, we've certainly had a number of cases that have come into this office for administration where there was just evidence that nobody had ever discussed this before and sometimes it'd been a matter of of uh days or several weeks before anybody undertook to to do some very important things after somebody had passed away 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. And <clears throat> tell us a little bit about how did you come to where you're at? I mean, why, why did you become an attorney? Why specifically this area of practice? Sure. Um, I guess one of the reasons why this is something that, that I've been passionate about is it, it's something that affected our family. Or I should say that having a good plan uh, affected me and uh, my family personally. I had a grandfather who, both my parents are from Chamberlain, South Dakota, little town on the river, the Missouri River as you cross on I-90. And um, I had a grandfather who was a, a local attorney, a judge, eventually was at one time attorney general in South Dakota. And he had an estate plan that did something, maybe this was rare for the time, but um, he had an estate plan that set up a trust for all of his grandchildren. And this was somebody who he had suffered a stroke and was in a nursing home by the time I was old enough to remember visiting him. And so we called him Grandpa Yo. Um, but he and my grandmother set up a very important, lasting legacy for our family, even though I never got to know him. Um, that trust that he set up and the, the way that it was organized um, helped all of his grandkids. We all went on and, and got uh, college degrees and, and most of us advanced degrees um, using the various incentives and, and the funds that were available in that trust. I went to University of Wisconsin Law School, graduated in 2001, and I've been doing uh, estate planning uh, or having a primary emphasis on planning and, and probate and trust administration for, for most of my career. Okay. Interesting. So you, you, you saw you were impacted, but it was more on the, the positive side of things. That's good. That's good. It was absolutely on the, the positive side. We have a lot of clients who come in with the kind of the opposite part. There's family histories of, um, damaged relationships to be somebody being disowned, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. And those definitely also influence how we go about helping our clients. Um, but for me, it's about, you know, I think one of the legacies that, that my grandparents left was that it's important and immensely helpful to have a good estate plan. And I try to try to uh, help our clients achieve that. Okay, good. You know, most people don't do that. They don't put anything in place for the estate plan or they wait to the last earthly minute to finally get around to doing that. Why do you feel people put that off so much when we know we're not going to be around forever? Why does this seem like such a difficult thing for most people to, to go through? Sure. Sure. Well, first of all, that last earthly minute, I like that. Um, (laughs) unfortunately we, you know, a lot of times we don't know, uh, what that, when that last earthly minute is, and, and estate planning isn't like other areas of law. I mean, if, if you're presented with a non-compete agreement at work, you can wait for that and then go engage an attorney to, to assist you in negotiating that or understanding that. Um, same with getting sued or all of, a lot of the various things that happen in law. There's some action that happens first, and then you've got a lot of time in order to, to get the advice and the assistance of, uh, of an attorney. Estate planning is the opposite of that. By the time you know you need one, uh, it for a lot of people it's too late. Hmm. I think the number one reason to answer your question that people put off doing this is probably procrastination. We all know that we'll need one someday, but none of us expect to need it tomorrow. 
but estate planning, uh, it's, it's important to do because it's one of the few areas I can think of that so positively rewards the proactive planner. Uh, certainly this is clear with large estates. I have some estates we work with, some clients right now that we work with where we can calculate the difference in the benefit of, of doing a particular plan versus not having done the plan. And um, in some cases we have uh, clients right now where that is or has been in the seven figure range. But even for our smaller estates, and that's the majority of the estates that we work with, uh, where we may not have a tax focus at all, we're still talking about significant savings if we look at minimizing court process and procedures and putting a value on the time of the family members or friends who would have to wind up the affairs in the absence of an effective estate plan. That's still significant. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take that first step to get started, but uh, the inertia of once you get started, putting the procrastination behind you, um, it gets quite easy to get done once you take some of those first steps. I heard the, the phrase once, um, getting the first olive out of the jar. You know, it's difficult getting that first step taken care of, but once you do that, the, getting the rest of it taken care of is a lot easier. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, it's uh, I've I found, too, in working with our clients that a lot of people, it, it's something that they don't understand. And when we don't understand something, we don't want to deal with it because I don't want to mess it up or I don't want to spend the time to, to jump in and learn that. And the other one is it's can be uncomfortable. You're making some tough decisions and there's fear. Am I making the right decision? But boy, for people that actually get it done, they feel so much better. You can see the relief and hear the relief that finally got that taken care of. We can cross that off the list. So yeah, I hope, hopefully at the at the end of the show we'll, we'll uh, have some uh, converts, if you will, in uh, in taking action on on getting their estate plan in place. But that's the f the first big step is getting a call and sitting down and and starting that conversation. Uh, and tying in with that, we'll come back to this later. But Matt, how would people go about contacting you if they wanted to chat with you and and learn more about? what you do and your firm and how you might be able to help them out. What's your, your guys's phone number, your website? Sure. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, the, there's a couple different ways. You can always, uh, email me. Uh, I am Matt M A T T at O R C H A R D dot L A W. So that's Matt at orchard dot law. Um, and an email is always, always welcome. You might get a response back from one of my paralegals instead of me, but please, um, you know, that's, that's how most of this gets started and we'll eventually get to meet and discuss specifics with you. I think maybe an easier way is just to call our main line and that's 612-293-3840. We're also available if you want to learn more about us. We're at orchard.law and .law is the suffix. There is no .com. Um, you brought up in, in one of your other uh, uh, questions there, just this, one of the other reasons why I think people have a hard time getting started is for a lot of us, um, especially for my clients who are engineers, I would say, um, there's a feeling that they need to like master the subject area before they mm -hmm. do something like that. And while that yes. might be true, um, if you were doing it all yourself, um, you very much don't have to do that. It would I would say take take a full career to to understand and know how to bird dog the issues in this area. But um, 
you really you're hiring a, pro, a professional for the reason of taking that burden off of you and uh, somebody making suggestions based on learning as much as they can about you, your family, your goals, your concerns, and your assets. Yep. And uh, so that that would be the number. In addition to procrastination, I think there are a lot of people who don't move on things unless they feel like they totally understand them, and that's just not possible in the area of estate planning. There's too many different areas that you would have to master. Yep. Property, probate, trust law, income taxation, um, state taxation, generation skipping transfer taxation, uh, asset protection. So you just don't undertake to do that. I think that's why uh, it's valuable to, to work with an attorney. I, I heard a, a phrase once, it's hard to be aggressive when you're confused. You know, if you, to your point, if you're trying to, <laughs> trying to master something, you're going to think about it and think about it and might improve your knowledge, but getting it done's the the end goal. So that's a good point. You know, and in both of our professions and what I do, we, we talk about the estate planning process a little bit, but what exactly does that mean? What is estate planning? What is the estate planning process? Kind of what's involved in that? It's a kind of a scary term for some folks. Sure. It's, I, I put an emphasis on trying to educate my client as much as possible. So on the one hand, I said, say, don't try to master this, or at least don't do nothing out of fear of having to master it. But I think it's important for the client to have, to understand every aspect of their estate plan um, and why certain recommendations have been made, and that's usually a good fit for us. Um, for our process, we start by everything right now is, is done very, via virtual meetings. We use Zoom for hours, and we start by setting up a 15-minute call with a paralegal or um, uh, web meeting with a paralegal where one of my paralegals will walk you through a, an estate planning information worksheet and it gets you started thinking about some of the important roles for your plan and providing some information about goals and, and various details that are helpful to me when I try to understand your family. So uh, it usually starts there and that's also a place where somebody can ask questions uh, preliminary questions like how do I address this or how much is this going to cost or uh, a lot of different issues like that. And then that leads to uh, time to fill out that form and get it back to us and then a design meeting with me, which, you know, I try to make up to two hours available uh, before we've even made any commitments on working together. Um, but it gives me an opportunity to make sure that you're a good fit for me or the prospect is a good fit for me and then I'm a good fit for them and that they're comfortable moving forward. Um, so usually with us, we then leave that design meeting with not everything should expect, you can't answer everything right away and we won't have all the information just based off the worksheet. So we generally send homework uh, and that might involve like helping us by getting a copy of the deed to the house or getting us addresses and phone numbers for some of the key people who could play a role in the plan and then moving from that to, for me, I like to do a, instead of just sending PDFs or sending drafts out and say, your invoice is due, call me when you're ready to sign it, that I don't think works well and just leads to more procrastination a lot of times. Um, so for me, Jeff, I usually try to schedule a, um, a review call where I'm the tour guide and I spend, again, up to two hours, uh, usually about an hour and a half or so, 
where I'll explain why we're doing every document, where some of the key information is and things that I think are important to understand or confirm with the client. We do that together. And then during COVID right now, uh, where our signing meetings are, uh, they're, they're pretty fast. Uh, and usually we only have one guest in the office uh, per day. And sometimes if we have vulnerable clients, uh, we'll do this um, pat by passing clipboards through a car with witnesses and notaries standing outside the car. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that's our process. I think most attorneys, I, I think you should expect as a client that you would get some sort of free initial consult with an attorney. Uh, it's not usually, um, I've co-counseled with most of the big firms in town and, and these are not usually really long meetings. They're maybe a half an hour. Um, and then I think a lot of times plans are maybe driven from there uh, in, in a way that's very different from our process. But we do what we think is best for our clients, and I think other attorneys um, have their own ideas about that, and I'm sure uh, they do just fine too. Okay, good. Well, that, that helps to give an understanding of what to expect with that. So the first step is that 15-minute kind of intake, let's get the basic information, uh, call or webinar with one of your paralegals. And then from there would be the initial consultation with you and spending more time together at that point. Yeah. And all of that, usually we've, I diagram things out. Um, and you've probably seen this, uh, with some of our mutual clients, you know, I try to use that design meeting in order to design diagram out uh, the various aspects of the plan, who's acting when, what various rights are, and where assets go. And um, so by the end of that, usually we've got a clear idea of uh, what this estate plan would look like, and I'm able to give a, a, some fee certainty with a, with a flat fee quote. At least that's how we do it here. Okay, perfect. And if someone doesn't go through this process and they don't put an estate plan in place, what typically happens, and this kind of goes back to the, the conversation we started off with, is some people think, well, I don't need this, I don't have enough, or I'm going to get to it somewhere down the road. What's the end result if they don't take action and put something in place? Good question. <laughs> I guess when, when I look at the majority of the incapacity or after death, like intestate, probate proceedings we do for families without estate plans. And I compare them against the well-planned estates. The glaring distinction is that in the absence of prior planning, the law supplies a default, what I sometimes call a lowest common denominator uh, procedure that is both more expensive and more burdensome on the family. So just to use one example, I had a intestate probate that we recently closed where um, my client was a nephew uh, and his aunt had passed away and without an estate plan. And we went through a process where the law decided that there were 43, quote, interested parties that had to be notified of every major activity we undertook in the estate. And that included, we, we had some um, elderly interested parties who were in nursing care and their interests had to be represented in some way. We had uh, one of those parties was incarcerated at uh, West and we had to get them notice in particular ways. We had creditors who needed to be notified 
And the whole process is designed around if, if you've left no instruction, the law is going to say, well, everybody, in order to be, quote, fair, we need to give everybody notice, hearing, and an opportunity to be heard so they can object or uh, represent their interests or have hire somebody to represent their interests. And so I'd say the biggest difference between not having and having is that these default procedures, while they're fair for everybody, they're uh, a big, big hairy animal for, for the normal or for the, you know, organized estate. You wouldn't want to give notice to some of these, some of these interested parties had interests that were like one 240th of the estate and the estate wasn't very large. And so under those circumstances, certainly had she made even, uh, even just a will, uh, we would have never had to go through that kind of process and there wouldn't have been any. And, and who wants to step forward and handle that and administer that as an executor or personal representative where it, you understand that that's what's going to be required? And I think my, my client, the personal representative in that case, the nephew, was being very, very generous with his time to undertake to do that for, for her and for his aunt and for their family. And so I think part of the benefit of being proactive is avoiding what otherwise may be mandatory procedures and closing off distant interests um, and, and limiting the need to publicly report in court filings everything of value and just the general activity needed to settle in a state. Yep. Sorry, I interrupted. Oh, no, that's okay. You mentioned the phrase intestate uh, probate at the beginning there. Can you just explain to listeners what that means? Yeah, uh, intestate just means that somebody has failed to leave testamentary instructions, instructions after their death and, that are in a, a form that's, uh, that's suitable for filing with a court. So our most famous intestate uh, probate here in Minnesota in recent memory is, is Prince. And uh, he was somebody who was very organized, uh, as I understand it. He was certainly very involved in the, the business of his, his brand and, and his recording career. But he was not at all organized when it came to what would happen if he were incapacitated or deceased. He died without a will or a trust. Uh, either of those would have avoided the process, procedures, and all the various interests that got involved down the road. And so he, by, by failing to provide those instructions, uh, he was somebody who we'd say had died in test state. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I heard three things in there, too, that <clears throat> kind of, there, there's the publicity aspect. So if you if you die with or with, correct me if I'm wrong, you die with or, with or without a will, anything that's subject to probate, it's public. So that's the 43 people have their chance to, you know, put their, their name in the, in the hat and say, I'm, I'm owed this amount or I want this and want that creditors, things like that. So there's a public comment period for lack of a better word. There's the delay because of that and the, the bickering back and forth that can occur. There's also the expense because you have, I don't know how many attorneys were involved in that situation, but it, you know, can be costly from that perspective if things haven't been ironed out ahead of time. Is that a fair statement? It is. Okay. Okay. So the message is spend, spend a little bit of time and effort up front and spend less time and effort, or it might be your family's effort on the back end uh, to take care of some of these things. That's right. Okay. Very good. And, yeah. oh, go ahead. Pounds of prevention versus a pound of cure. Is that the saying? 
Yes, there we go. <laughs> Something along those lines. We'll see. We should have a. Uh, we see how many metaphors and analogies we can spring out of this. This is good. I like it. <laughs> we got the olives in the olive jar and all the olive uh, Trigger people. I wrote that down. I'm going to use that. Um, <laughs> the other thing too is you know, thinking about the the pain that can come through that process of not planning and not getting those things done ahead of time. That often often creates a lot of emotion. Uh, you know, either on the back end or even in the front end in, in the design and getting your estate plan in place, where does all that emotion come from? What are people so emotional about when it comes to getting their estate plan done? Sure. Well, it's not everybody, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, for some families, this is, you know, we have really easy and straightforward planning and, and everything. Um, you know, there's nothing too emotional about it. Um, but that's certainly not for all. Uh, I think the emotion sometimes comes from the topic. Uh, it's not particularly pleasant to think about what happens to the people you care about, uh, after you're gone. It's not particularly pleasant to think about who's going to be able to talk to your doctors and nurses or, or make decisions for you if you're on a ventilator for a month. Uh, but these are important things. And, um, so it's, it's worth the emotions in order to put these behind you. I'd say that for how emotional it is, the, the peace of mind or, or the feeling of getting it done is, is uh, even more so um, feels, feels better than it ever hurts during the, feels better to get it done than it hurts to, to discuss these things uh, in, in, in doing the planning. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the other place that the emotion sometimes comes from is uh, there are a lot of families where we sometimes, I need to sometimes play devil's advocate and ask some difficult questions. Like I'll just give you a general example. I have a lot of clients uh, where we have blended families or second marriage situations. Um, I have so many clients like that, that I'd say that's, that's maybe my typical client. Um, and in those types of families and where we're doing a plan, assuming I can do a plan for, for both husband and wife under those circumstances, I will play devil's advocate and sometimes ask difficult questions like, uh, if dad passes away and leaves everything to, uh, to second spouse, what is that relationship going to look like with his biological children if they're not also hers and it's 20 years down the road? Uh, I'll often say, you know, if there's just maybe five degrees on a compass difference in that relationship right now when dad is around. If dad is deceased and we're 20 years down the road and you advance that out, you know, have you even talked to them for a while? Um, and uh, can are there any concerns about writing those biological children out of the plan? And if so, here's some opportunities to address that in, in, mm-hmm. in the form of legacy protection for children. Those aren't easy conversations. Um, but they are important to have. I, I think it can also sometimes be emotional uh, because there is there might be some family history with something with a poor estate plan, frankly, or a lack of an estate plan, where maybe some somebody's interests or some family members left with hard feelings uh, about how they were treated after a, a mom, a dad, or an aunt or an uncle had passed away. And so we try to address those as well to try to make sure that we're not replicating uh, some things that, that can be fixed if, if we only addressed them. Um, and if there's some 
some good experience, we try to pass that on as a legacy for our clients as well so that we can, uh, that too can be a legacy to have a well-planned estate. Mm-hmm. So it is emotional, but it's, there's a lot of reasons for it, but it's not always emotional, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. And we had a number of other things we were going to talk about today, but I think what we should do is we'll, we'll talk about what do people do as a next step from here after listening to this and they decide, you know what, I, I want to take some action. I want to get this crossed off my to-do list and have that peace of mind. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we'll do another, if you're open to this, we'll do another podcast and delve into some other topics, like what are some of the most common estate planning documents and how do those tie into people's situation? We had the election here recently. We could talk about uh, potential changes to estate planning laws at the federal and the state level. There's a tax implications that might come along with that as well. But does that sound good to you, Matt? We'll circle back and do another show and and delve into those. Absolutely. I'd be happy to do that, Jeff. Perfect. Um, and thank you. And yeah, tell us what would be a kind of a next step for folks if they, they wanted to, to move forward and take some action on, on getting their estate plan in place. Sure. Um, I think three ways to do this. One would be go to our website, orchard.law. That's orchard.law. We have a contact page there. If you just want to browse around and, and, uh, put in your contact information, uh, if you'd like us to, to get back to you, we're happy to do that. Um, I'd suggest just call us, uh, 612-293-3840. Get on our calendar. Uh, There's no cost to doing it. You'll learn a little bit. You'll get a great worksheet, and um, we'll maybe get started working together. Um, And then finally, you can send me an email. Um, Try not to send legal questions uh, to me before we have any sort of a a relationship, but if you just want to reach out and say hi and say you listen to us on the podcast, you want to learn more, uh, feel free to email me at matt at orchard.law, matt at orchard.law. Perfect. Thanks, Jeff. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy uh, every time we chat, so that means a lot. And, uh, yes, I think folks can definitely take some things out of the conversation here today to apply in their life. And, again, very much appreciate you spending time with us, and we look forward to the second show here together. Um, and as always for us at folks, if you want to give us a call and come in for a complimentary second opinion on your retirement plan, please give us a call. Our phone number is 877-219-3199, or you can visit us online at financialpaladin.com or send us an email at info at financialpaladin.com. But yeah, reach out to us, get something scheduled and we'll take a look at your situation and see how we might be able to help you out and uh, cross a number of things off of the to-do list and help you make sure you have the retirement that you've always dreamed of. So again, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you again, Matt, and everyone have a safe rest of your holiday season. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com.
Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.